This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode, the debut episode of the PSA pod, Authentic Hobby Talk, coming to you straight from the PSA headquarters in Santa Ana, California. I am your host, Ryan Green. I am PSA's Senior Manager of Content and Social Media, and I couldn't be more excited to be here. Everyone has a podcast. PSA should have one, too, right? That's the thinking here. Again, I am Ryan Green, and I am joined here by... Steve Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer for Collectors Holdings, and up, excited to be here. Great intro there, Ryan. This is long overdue, so I'm excited to get after it. Yeah, this is long overdue, and it's gonna be it's gonna be regular. We want to be part of your regular rotation. So just to give you guys the lowdown, this is gonna be a podcast that comes to you at the beginning of every week, straight uh, from PSA headquarters. We're gonna give it. We're gonna be bringing you a lot. You know, the thinking here is. We are, we are currently in a, in a big state of transition at PSA, and part of that is being much more transparent with our customers and with the collecting hobby at large. So coming to you straight from our headquarters every week is a big piece of that. Um, things you can expect to hear on this show, you're going to be getting regular business updates um, as service levels reopen, updates on things like the backlog, which we know everyone wants to hear about. You'll be hearing that at near the top of every episode. Uh, we're going to have our metrics minute coming your way at the top. And we're also going to have some more data to share with you. Um, we'll talk about breaking business news, breaking hobby news, how it affects you as the collector and the customer. Uh, insights on what's happening in the world of sports and TCG, how it impacts the collecting hobby. Unique data insights, as I mentioned. Uh, we're going to have the metrics minute near the top of every show. And we're also going to have some PSA by the numbers for you at the end. And one feature that's going to be regular on this show that we will introduced today is called the PSA 10. Get it? 10 minutes with uh, either one of the experts here in the building at PSA um, or within the hobby at large that we think is relevant to, to you, the customer and the collector. Today, we're going to be joined by PSA President Kevin Lenane to talk about well, Steve, let's uh, let's have you run down kind of what people can expect here from episode one. Yeah, it's an exciting rundown. We have, you know, you mentioned the metrics minute. This is intended to give you updates on the backlog specifically, but also complete through dates. Any other metric that we think is, is important to customers as it relates to PSA's business. So that'll be a quick intro at the top of each show. Then we're going to get into trending topics and hobby trends. Specifically this week, let's talk Super Bowl. Let's talk a little bit Joey Burr. We'll get into that for hopefully a quick, quick minute uh, or two. And then we're going to... Or 10, yeah. <laughs> then we're going to roll into Kevin's interview regarding economy events. So a lot of customers have questions about economy events. Kevin's going to give us you know, the, the lowdown straight from the president himself uh, so customers have a better idea of how they work, why we're doing them, and what the future for PSA holds. And lastly, we're going to wrap it up. You mentioned uh, PSA by the numbers, an incredibly popular social segment on our across all of our social channels. This is a opportunity for us to share both supply side and dem demand side with our customers. On the supply side, you know, we're looking at what's leaving the building, but today we're gonna talk about the demand side, what is coming into PSA. And you're gonna go down the top five categories of what we're seeing. Yeah, and one feature that you're gonna get at the end of each episode moving forward beyond this first one, you'll understand why it's not part of this first one. We wanna hear from you. 
We want to answer your questions about what's going on at PSA, questions about how things in the hobby impact things at PSA, whatever you want to ask us. Um, you, you know, obviously we hope you're listening to this wherever you subscribe to your podcast, but we want you to reach out to us directly via, uh, let's, let's just put it out there. Reach out to us on social, uh, at PSA card on Twitter and Instagram. You can leave comments on our posts. You can met, just simply send us a tweet with your question for the show. I am at Ryan M green, G R E E N E on both platforms. You are at collector slow and I'm mostly on Twitter. S-L-O-A-N. But again, send us your questions. At the end of each episode, we want to at least bring a few into the fold so we can have this conversation as directly as possible with you, the customers. So all that said, let's get into it. Episode one, we're uh, we're underway and we are off and running and we're going to start with the Metrics Minute. Each week, we will update the community. For now, the most relevant thing on the, on the Metrics side is the backlog completed right. through dates. We know a lot of customers out there have cards in the backlog. I... Full disclosure, I have cards in the backlog, so I get it. I get what everyone's feeling out there. Let's give an update. Where are we at? Sure. The backlog today is just over 6 million cards, and that sounds like a big number because it is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But in context of the all-time high, we were cresting about 12.5, 13 million. So we've made an incredible amount of progress over the last year and burning that down to a more manageable number. I will say that the oldest orders in-house today by received date, and this is an important topic by received date, not necessarily when you mailed it in. We did unfortunately have a receiving backlog in the late parts of 2020, which pushed out some of the receiving into early parts of 2021. But the oldest orders in-house are from February 2021 in terms of receive date. And we're doing about 200,000 units a week. So if you do the math, that puts us at basically a zero point at the end of the summer-ish, late August. But I want to make it clear, and this may be something Kevin will talk on in his subsequent uh, interviews, is that we don't have to get to zero to bring back lower pricing. Mm-hmm. And lower pricing will be a theme of this podcast in terms of directing customers as to when we're going to be bringing it back, what levels and things of that nature, because these two topics are so tightly tied backlog and pricing. Um, so that's it. I mean, at, at that end, you know, every week we'll give you an update as to where we are and you will gradually see it uh, down. So again, just over 6 million today, but as we go week by week, we'll be burning it down by a couple hundred thousand. And like I said, I oversee social and digital here at PSA. I've been with the company for about four or five months now. I see the comments, I see the replies, I get the frustrations, but a common theme that we get is, you know, people want to know when our lower price is coming back. So that's your answer. It's, it is coming back. Uh, We don't want people to think that kind of where things are at right now is where it's going to be forever moving forward. So this is a, this is a very relevant update and, you know, you can take this as gospel. So let's get into the next, let's get into the fun stuff, right? Let's get into the fun stuff because the thing that every collector is talking about, you know, football is king right now. Every every sport in the sports calendar year round kind of has its its moment to take center stage. And right now it's football. The playoffs, the NFL playoffs have been incredible. And at the end of that, some we, of the best ever, I would say. Yeah, really. And and we're getting an incredible final matchup with especially in the hobby, some very interesting storylines. And and let's start with the man who right now is I would call the darling of the hobby over the last couple of weeks and probably going to have that steam going forward several months as we go into the 2022 season. Mr. Joe E. Burrow. Love Burr. it. Burr. Yeah. I mean, the great thing about Joe Burrow is the fact that he you know, has bounced back from a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. But before that, he was a highly touted number one overall pick. He was a national champion. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He has all these credentials that are leading up to the culmination of becoming potentially first ever to not only have those two former 
accolades, but also add a Super Bowl championship to it. Before he's even like 27. Right. I think so he's 26. Obviously, the hobby is frothing at the mouth for the prospects of what that could mean for his card values. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're already seeing it tick up this week. If you look at card ladder, you can see over the last two weeks a nice increase in just his base prism rookie 2020 base prism rookie going up. Um, it looks like it's just around, you know, 650 bucks right now in a PSA 10. So mark that. Let's see what happens after the game and yeah. where it goes. Because one thing that we talked about offline here was that fact that even after his knee injury, he didn't really suffer Price that big of a drop. never really dropped all that far. Of a drop, I think yeah. people saw enough in 10 weeks. And you combine that with the fact that a devastating knee injury in 2022 isn't what it was in even, like, say, 2002. Um, you know, the, the, the advancements that kind of can get you back to a hundred percent with a little bit more certainty, you know, it's, it's interesting right now. Um, I'm a big reader and I'm reading Joe Namath's biography, uh, by Mark Kriegel. And like, he had this devastating knee injury while he was at Alabama in the mid Mm sixties. And it just basically when he came to the AFL, everybody thought his career was going to be done by age 26 or 27 because his knees just wouldn't hold up. And everybody knows the knee issues he had his whole career, but Imagine if that injury takes place, you know, 40, 50 years later, now you're at a different point where that injury is an afterthought and Burrow, you know, is just the, the star is on the rise. Yeah. He's kind of potent too in terms of like what he brings off the field, smoking cigars. And he's got to have the star quality, right? Yeah, right and he totally yeah. has it. Yeah. So how about the other side of the ball? There's a, there's a, uh, a great storyline, you know, a storyline that starts in Detroit of all places. So we got Matthew Stafford, who's aiming to become a Super Bowl champion after many years miring in the, uh, in the systems there in Detroit. So what do you see happening with Matthew Stafford cards? Should he bring home a, a Lombardi trophy? You know, I, th- I think his, obviously the ceiling with a Matthew Stafford, you know, card market is a little more defined. One, because this this first taste of success is coming at, what is it, age 33, I want to say 30. I think he turns 34 um, around the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it, it comes a little later in his career. So, you know, I think there's a little bit more of an established market. And it's kind of harder for a market to move when a guy's, you know, essentially been at one place for so long. But here's a question I have for you, because this is something we talked about offline. All of his rookie cards and, and collect, we know how collectors think. We're both mm-hmm. collectors, right? collectors are weird about some things and and very picky and and finicky his rookie cards are him in a detroit lions uniform as as a collector does that affect the collectability and does it affect the price market i i think it's a valid question i think it's a great question i think it can't it can't uh do anything but affect it in a way if, if you come in from a position of fandom right because for me i'm a i'm a football fan i have my team and i want to watch players that team I'm a Raiders fan. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling me out there. Hey, no, we had a okay. decent season. Um, it, it's about the whole chapter of the player's career, right? Mm-hmm. Draft night, mm-hmm. early season, uh, rookie trials and tribulations where they have to struggle a little bit to learn the league and get up to speed. If you don't have that, uh, there's some chapters missing from the story, I think, from a fan perspective. Agreed. So, you know, when you look at Stafford, I think you have to factor that into it. You have a new fan base in L.A. that's still getting to know him in, in, to many extents uh, based on the fact that he's relatively new to the team. But one thing cures all, and that's winning. So yeah. if he wins, you know, I think Rams fans will be happy. Obviously, I really think Detroit fans will be happy for him as well. And how that affects his card market, I think, you know, it's a single championship. So he's not at the upper echelon of guys. It will boost his values. But still being held back by 
I think the fact that he's new to the team and, you know, he had so many years in Detroit. I feel like his ceiling as a, in, in the hobby is kind of like a Drew Brees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Drew Brees, who I think in the hobby in terms of card prices of his rookie cards, and we talk about another guy whose rookie cards were in another uniform. I think they're incredibly undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who's not quite in the Hall of Fame yet. He's kind of in that five-year period right now between, you know, the end of his career and going into the Hall of Fame. But that's yeah. kind of how I equate it. Yeah, another guy's like Favre, right? So Favre mm-hmm. in a Falcons uni. It's it's. I, I would ask how the many Packers people even fans, know he played for the Falcons, right? I would ask the Packers fans if that matters. Maybe we throw up a poll on on Twitter or something to see what the general consensus is with our with our community there. Look at me, I'm just giving you work over here. Sorry like about that. that, but no, that's okay. But it's a good idea. But but honestly, I would love to hear what the community thinks. Yeah. All right. Well, beyond the quarterbacks, there's there's so many other stars in this game. So you know, I, I you look at. On the Cincinnati side, you have two of the best young receivers in football uh, in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. T. Higgins is already, I, I feel, unfortunately, in the hobby, is already kind of like Scottie Pippen's <laughs> Jamar <laughs> Chase's Michael Jordan, where he's kind of forgotten about a little bit. On the Rams side, you have Cooper Cup, whose market has really gotten a bump this year by having one of the best seasons ever for a receiver. Triple crown. Yeah. yeah, and you have two of the best defensive stars of the generation. We know that the collectability of, of defensive players, you know, if there's a defensive player you really want to collect, you can find great value. I, yeah. I, I'm i a Khalil Mack collector after after my Chicago Bears got him from mm-hmm. the Raiders. Yeah, um, thanks for bringing but, that up. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that, that you know, the, the, those you know, there's a little bit of a lower ceiling on the yeah, side, I mean, but, you look at Von Miller, Super Bowl 50 MVP, you know, his his stuff is still relatively affordable, exactly. even with that. So you're talking about Donald there. I mean, if Donald Woods is Super Bowl MVP, what do we expect for his 2014 product? Exactly. So who do you think benefits the most, stands to benefit the most? We're not going to sit here and predict the game and predict what's going to happen necessarily, but who do you think from a ceiling standpoint stands to benefit the most from the hobby side in the in the Super Bowl? That's a great question. I think, of course, we're talking about non-quarterbacks. People yes. knew, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, non-quarterbacks. People knew the hobby. Quarterbacks are just at a tier above all the other players. In quarterbacks are king of collectability. Hobby, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think the splash players, obviously, wide receivers come to mind specifically. Um, I Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are both incredibly likable and collectible guys outright. So, if you add a Super Bowl championship, and not only Super Bowl championship, but perhaps some big splash plays, key mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. you really want to think of like a, a specific moment in a game where you can point back to and say that was the, that was where the game turned. That's where he made his mark. That's where he so, became a superstar, right? And and Super Bowl is the, the best platform in order to do that. So, I think those two guys, in my opinion, have the most to gain. And I think that uh, if I had to pick between the two, I'm going to give a little bit of the benefit to Jamar Chase because he's a little earlier in his career. I think Cooper Cup's market is a little more set. You know, he had a knee injury early in his career. He's kind of, you know, he's he's in his prime right now. But is he kind of towards the back end of his prime? Is it no? Nobody knows. I think Jamar Chase is just, he's barely scratched the surface. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in the NFL today. Jamar Probably, Chase has yeah. a huge benefit. He's tied to Joe Burrow. Exactly. Those two are going to be together for hopefully years to come for all the Bengal fans. Is that out there. Montana and Rice 2.0? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you you, you hope so, right? It has because the that makings, means great right? things. Yeah. That means great things for the hobby, great things for the NFL. So, all right. Well, we're going to talk more uh, football after the Super Bowl. And in our next episode, we'll talk about, you know, a little bit more intricate in the hobby side, you know, new product that is still to come out from the 2020, 2021 releases, how kind of the timing of that is going to you know, um, impact things on the hobby side. But for now, we're going to get to the debut of our PSA 10 segment. Here this is going to be good. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. This is PSA president Kevin Lenane 
talking about the economy submission events and the return of economy, some of the thinking behind what's going on with how it's being done and a little bit more. So we talked with Kevin a little bit earlier. Here is our conversation with PSA president, Kevin Linane. Kevin, thanks for joining us and taking the time here today. Uh, you've been with collectors for almost a year and in the president's role now since the fall. So tell the listeners, what have the first few months uh, been like for you here at the helm now of PSA? Yeah, it's been a, an incredible experience. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, it's, it's truly been an honor to, to be in this role. Uh, I'd say one of the coolest things I've discovered is is more about the team at PSA and just how broad the collector base is here. You know, we have a Slack channel that's collecting all things, and it, it, the amount of just pure collectors here is is really remarkable. And it's so fun to see, you know, not just sports cards, but you know, video games, computers, uh, fossils. I mean, it's this runs the gambit. And, you know, as a real kind of lifelong collector myself, that's been a real pleasure to see the kind of the passion that that's behind a lot of the people here. So Kevin, introduce our customers to you as a collector. There's lots of us here who work at collectors who are collectors. Tell everyone what it is, uh, what it is that you collect. Tell everyone your story. Yeah, I've, I've collected, you know, from from five years old on up. Uh, my big collecting areas, I do obviously sports cards and I focus a lot on vintage wax. And by vintage wax, I mean old wax, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, I collect a lot of vintage technology. My dad worked for Digital Equipment Corporation in the 80s. So I was, you know, in computers from a very young age. And there's there's a lot of nostalgia. We were an Apple family. And so I focus on Apple computers. That's a lot of fun. It's actually driven. I was an archaeology major, and there's a certain amount of forensic archaeology that happens in collecting computers. You see the old hard drives, you kind of discover the state of the computer, what's on there. So it's a it's a fun experience, kind of restoring one of those. So I do some mechanical restoration, some cosmetic, uh, and I've got. You had a, a pretty cool piece in here the other week that was actually autographed. Can oh you yeah. Tell people about that. One? Yeah, that's a that's an Apple one. Uh, it was hand numbered by Mr. Steve Jobs, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I've got the run from Apple. The only one I'm missing in the Apple run from 76 to 2000, the only one I'm missing is the Lisa one. I have the Lisa two, wow. but not the Lisa one. Yeah, that's a tough one to find. So how do you store all of these? It's tough. I, I Right now they're in a furnace room because they take up a lot of space. I have a <laughs> lot of, I have a lot of inbox computers and that is, a real challenge because that you know the boxes can be 36 inch square so if you have 50 of them it's kind of a space challenge so they're they're definitely not in a display area but you know one day i'm i'm thinking you know maybe there's a computer museum in their future for sure i mean you think about the history of technology and the early computing from apple specifically to be wildly popular i'm sure yeah Let's get into the big topic for PSA recently, which is submission events. So these submission events just recently kicked off and collectors have a lot of questions about them, why we're doing them, how they work. It's a big topic right now. And yep. Ryan, I know you're getting a lot of questions on social as well. So for all of you listening out there, I do see all the mentions on our social channels and a popular theme in the mentions for these economy allocation events is what about the cards in your backlog right now? Why are you taking these new submissions? Are these events growing the backlog? Can you address what is being dedicated to these new events in terms of capacity uh, compared to what is being dedicated to the backlog and getting that cleared here in 2022? 
Yeah, and it's it's definitely a balancing act. We have a very specific plan about how much of our capacity we can put towards the backlog. So it's about 80% to finish the backlog by call it, you know, late summer, early fall. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to do that, we, we need to make about 80% of our total capacity, the backlog and 20% new orders. And so the reason we have submission events where we can control the volume is just because of that, because we are committed to finishing the backlog, but we also have a demanding group of customers who want to submit new cards. And so to try and best satisfy both groups, you know, obviously we want to put most of the effort towards our current commitments, but to, to satisfy both groups, you want to give some allocation to new cards and keep the market moving. And so 80, 20 is a, is a good mix, uh, but the submission events are basically designed to control that 20%. And it, none of these things have exceeded that allotment. None of the events have exceeded the allotment and we're on plan to, to do what we want to do on the backlog. So that's the short answer. You know, there's some calculus in terms of the different tiers and how much volumes in this tier and how much volumes in that tier. We'll probably titrate up the events a bit to, to get to that 20%. We're still way below that. We're still doing probably 90 to 95% backlog right now, but we'll, we'll start moving more new stuff in, in that, in that economy tier shortly. As you mentioned, our customers are very demanding and uh, that they want to submit cards. You know, we here at Collectors are collectors, as we've said. I have a stack of cards at home. I can speak to that. I have a stack of cards waiting to come in to get graded. Uh, once the backlog is cleared, what do you expect the next steps to be in terms of economy service opening back up in full? And what about the return of the value service level down the road? Yeah, I mean, we're up. So just like we said, when we open regular, it's not the end of the road at $50, right? We, we are committed to opening another lower price tier this year, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. The, the, the way we get there is, you know, economy stays open. If we get to a point where we can have economy just free and open, uh, the backlog number continues to shrink. And all of a sudden there's room in that new order 20% to put economy. And so uh, over time, you know, the calculus makes more and more sense. If you've got, you know, let's say 8,000 economy orders and 2000 regular orders down the road, as the capacity needs shift, we can add in um, uh, value, right? So the, the, the tier below, and you know, that'll probably, I'm, I'm hoping it happens kind of May, June. That's my, that's my guess just based on what I can see right now, but it's a little too early to tell because the economy has only been open for a few days. That's right. It's only been open for a couple of events now, and, and we've already learned a lot, I think, as a business. Can you speak to some of the key takeaways you've had from these economy events that we posted, say, in late January? Yeah, I think the biggest one is the difference in price, meaning the relative. So if you take regular at 100 and economy at 50, you know, you're, you're talking half price. But the major difference is that the demand is not twice as high. It's like eight to 10 times as high. And I, I, I looked at kind of the declared values and I do think it's the world of cards that is that, that makes sense to grade at $50 is just so much bigger than the world of cards. It makes sense to grade at $100. And so that single step, that single kind of 50% reduction, you know, maybe eight, like eight to 10 X because of that world or ecosystem of cards that's available at that price point. 
So looking beyond submission events and clearing the backlog, looking at 2022 as a whole, as we're getting here, uh, getting underway here in the new year, for you, what is front and center on your goals list for PSA in 2022? I mean, for sure, affordability, absolutely. We want to we want to finish the backlog. We want to have an affordable price tier. Those are two big ones, right? The the we don't want to exist as this sort of high end only service. We recognize that lower prices mean newer people in the hobby, more access to things. So we definitely those are the two big ones. I'd also like to really enhance Collectors Club and add lots of services, add services for investor pricing information, kind of really special and unique content that you get as a as a collector's club member, and whether that's you know, insights driven by unique PSA data that you get early access to, you know, there's a there's a lot of analogs to kind of the, the the world of private equity and stock markets there, but adding a lot of services that truly add value, like real value, especially to folks that are maybe looking at cards as investments, and then also adding a lot of stuff to the folks that are more collector centric, like the registry getting great imagery for all the submissions, you know, enhancing the registry, having getting more sets in there, adding more, um, you know, adding more dif- different kinds of sets. We've got some great uh, like video game based cards now that people are collecting a lot of. So there's a lot of new stuff we want to support as well, but those are the big ones. Sounds like we're going to be keeping the product and tech teams very busy this year. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Kevin, that was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the first installment of the PSA 10. Thank you. All right. Well, that was our conversation with Kevin Lenane. Once again, the PSA 10 segment is going to be a regular piece of this podcast. Um, We will have conversations with not only executives like Kevin, but subject matter experts from here within our headquarters at PSA. It's going to be a really good segment, and we think it's going to be really valuable to not only our customers, but collectors at large every week. So the debut of the PSA 10 on the debut of the PSA pod. Yeah, I think the thing I took away mostly from Kevin's interview there was that the goal here is to bring back lower pricing. Mm-hmm. And this is a software that will enable PSA to do so in a, in a in a very controlled way, which is you know important given how we got into the backlog mess to begin with. You know, there weren't technology like this in play at the time, mm-hmm. which could have prevented the backlog from happening. So this will be a, a nice progression into uh, allowing PSA to control and bring back uh, lower pricing as fast as possible. Yeah, and the sync of the the software and the technology as the backlog shrinks, uh, you're going to see this sync be really nice as as we get to the point where the backlog, as you mentioned later in 2022, is is no more, and then we can really dive in with how we're uh, opening up more service levels and bringing back again. I know this is a popular topic: lower prices yeah. uh, for the, the lower new, the backlog, the, new, the lower the price. Exactly for the new normal. Okay, so we're going to get into the last segment for this inaugural episode. This is PSA by the numbers. This is a very popular thing on Instagram and Twitter and some other social platforms. We're looking at the demand side of the business today. Cards submitted to PSA, and specifically more at a high level, the top five categories submitted to PSA in the month of January 2022. Yeah, um, so we're going to take a look at this is including both sports and TCG. Um going to give you the top five here and talk a little bit about what it means so the number five most submitted category in january of 2022 soccer cards which um jumped back with which has been a pretty steady placeholder in that in that five to six range uh, both modern and vintage 
in 2021, if you had said that in January, I would have looked at you like you had three heads. Like soccer has had an incredible rise yes. over the last 12 yes. months. And, and now the modern supply is growing too. They're, they're printing more, they're, they're making more product, uh, more variety of product. It's, it's in terms of sports genres, I think it's arguably the most fascinating space. It right makes now. the most sense. It's a global sport. Mm -hmm. It's got a great history, international history mm -hmm. with that. And some really marquee names over the course of yeah. you know the, the history of the game. So number four, Pokemon, which is a little interesting because typically on our on our on the shipped side, Pokemon resides in that number two to three range, but it's number four in the most received. Um, and a little bit of a reason why here is we get as we move into the top three. Number three is football. Number two, baseball, and number one. No surprise to anyone. Basketball, which is typically our most submitted category most months. Um, the thing I find most interesting here in this top five uh, is baseball moving up to number two. Um, and I think this is where you're going to start seeing, especially as we open new service levels and people start to kind of see what the new turnaround times are going to look like. 60 to 90 days. You're starting to see people be very strategic with their submissions. I think if you look at it, say you're submitting a baseball card right now at regular economy level. 90 day turnaround means you're pretty much getting that card back in hand to either have and hold, or if you're looking to, you know, move it and, and, and get other stuff um, right around opening day or right. a little bit after. So people are starting to get a little bit more strategic on that side. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of reliable turnaround times. You know, yeah. these are processed in a separate stream from the backlog. We dedicate 80% of the backlog as Kevin noted. 20% of the new submissions are able to flow through in 60 to 90 days. I should say probably closer to 90 just mm -hmm. to be safe. But nonetheless, that is a controllable amount of time where you can plan for the months ahead, especially with a, a milestone event like opening day with baseball. Yeah, exactly. And those turnaround times are are, are true. Yeah, I where... would say I would say the function of, of Pokemon dropping a little bit, I think it has to do with price. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our lowest price through submission events being $50 or $100 at a regular Pokemon typically resides in the lower service levels based on the, the raw values of the cards and declared values. So I think as lower pricing becomes more available, you'll see a spike in Pokemon submissions as a result. Agreed. So again, PSA by the numbers. This is incredibly popular content on our social channels. Each week here on the podcast, we're going to bring a new slice of it to you and kind of dissect what it means towards the end of each episode. And once again, how we want to close each episode moving forward beyond the debut episode is answering your questions. So once again, uh, thank you for tuning in here. The first episode of the PSA pod moving forward. If you want to have your questions answered here on the show by myself, by Steve, by anyone who appears here, you can reach us on Twitter, on Instagram at PSA card. Just drop us a, drop us a question in the replies, drop us a comment anywhere at PSA card on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Ryan M. Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, -E, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Collector Sloan. And I also say, if you can, help us spread the word about the podcast. This is a new podcast. Give us a favorable review. Even if it was a little rough for our first pass, give us a break. You know, oh, We did okay for the I first time around, right? I think you did great, Ryan. But, you too. But, but please let, let more people know about it because this is going to be a really important channel for us to share information with the hobby community. And if you're interested in all things collecting, I think this has to be added to your rotation. And we just ask you to please share the uh, spread the word on that. 100%. Well, thank you for tuning in again here. This was the first episode of the PSA pod. We will see you next week. Take care.